It's the toughest, most important job in the world. Four kids. If you want to know what it's like to have a fourth, just imagine you're drowning. And then someone hands you a baby. This is The Mom Show. It's where moms come to learn and share. Our host is Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome on into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I say us, but it's just me today. Uh, I want to sort of reflect over the next few minutes about the year that has been. COVID-19. You know, we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of when the world shut down, pretty much. I think it all started with that Utah Jazz game where Rudy Gobert tested positive. They had to evacuate the whole um, arena in Oklahoma. Obviously, there were cases before that, and there were cases in Utah before that, but that's sort of when the domino effect started to take place and everything started to shut down. And, you know, I've been reflecting back with my husband on how crazy this year has been and how scared we were at first when we didn't know much about COVID-19 and we weren't sure whether this was like an outbreak situation, like the movie <laughs> Outbreak. Or, you know, whether just going outside in the air you breathe was going to be a problem. And certainly we've learned so much over the last year. But I did want to talk about this from a motherhood perspective. And I think I can sort of see the journey, the evolution of this last year in the titles of my mom show episodes since March of last year. Um, I have done so many episodes, and I'd invite you to go listen to all of them wherever you podcast. Just search for the KSL Mom Show or download the KSL News Radio app. And um, they're very anxiety centric. I think that is probably going to sum up the last year for me is how anxious I felt, especially early on in the pandemic. I think for someone like me who experiences anxiety, I experience postpartum anxiety. Adding an unknown, like an invisible deadly virus, just really sent me into a tailspin. I remember um, being hyper vigilant to every noise my body made, every cough, every like slightly elevated temperature, which I never really had, but I thought I was having it. You know, I was very much having those. Um, just obsessive kind of feelings of, oh my gosh, this is it, I'm getting COVID. And that didn't really calm down for me until I started taking medication. And then as we learned more about the virus and what things to fear and what things I could chill out about a little, but it really took a toll on me in my parenting because if any of you out there have experienced anxiety, you know that parenting while you're feeling miserable is miserable it is so hard to be a good parent when you don't feel good either physically or mentally and that's just where I got to where I felt like I was so irritable with my children I could not handle any of their crying or whining which is hard in and of itself but I think my anxiety just showed up in that anger And in that frustration, because I was scared, I was scared of these unknowns. So I did start taking medication, I think around August or September. And that has really helped over the past few months to help me kind of just 
chill out a little bit and and the medication doesn't take away the feelings altogether for me at least it just sort of slows down the reaction time so I can process what I'm actually feeling so um, that has been a game changer for me. Also, you know, just being able to, to learn more as we've gone through this pandemic, we've just really learned more about the disease itself. Getting more information has helped me, um, just sort of realize again, what things I need to be scared about and what things I didn't. But then during all of this, we had an earthquake mid-March of last year and, I, my earthquake anxiety really ramped up. I remember I felt it that March 18th morning um, in my bedroom and, you know, it shook my little daughter out of bed and she said, mom, my bed's shaking. And that was just really the first time I had felt an earthquake, although I've lived in Utah for decades, but I have never felt an earthquake before. And so it really, that also sent me into a tailspin where, I was feeling so panicked and I was feeling those phantom anxiety symptoms. And I even tweeted at the Utah Department of Emergency Management here in Utah. And they shared some earthquake anxiety tips with me that I retweeted and I found so helpful just in that, um, just some of the facts around earthquakes in Utah that, uh, you know, it's it's not likely we're going to experience an earthquake higher than a 7.0, that we've survived a lot of earthquakes already because a lot of them are happening underground and you're not feeling them. So they calmed my fears a lot. But for a while there, I was feeling really anxious. And I still have a little bit of earthquake anxiety where I, I worry that at any moment we could experience that big one. And that's probably just a function of, you know, living in Utah. That's sort of what we have to deal with. But um, all of this throughout the last year has really just made me grateful at this point. Now that I've been able to do the things that calm the anxiety, I can now look back and feel grateful and appreciative as we're coming out of this pandemic, um, hopefully in the next few months, just I will never take for granted anymore being able to run to the grocery store. I will never take for granted being able to get together with my friends. I will never take for granted eating inside of a restaurant. I have not eaten inside of a restaurant for almost one year. And I know that I'm maybe a little more um, vigilant in my COVID precautions. I'm not sad about that. But I don't quite feel safe yet eating with others uh, without a mask. In fact, for the last few months, I've also pulled my daughter out of school every day at lunchtime, and I eat in the car with her so she's not in the cafeteria with the hundreds of other kids unmasked in her school. That's just a precaution that I've chosen that I've wanted to take. So you may think I'm crazy and I very well may be, but um, I am really excited to eat in a restaurant to get again. So if you're feeling like, like me, feeling like last year has been so crazy, but have learned some gratitude and some grateful lessons along the way, I think that is 100% normal. You know, I follow um, a life coach that I often uh, refer to. Her name is Jody Moore, and she just talks about this 50-50 concept. Like there's always going to be 50% good and 50% bad 
in life. And that's really what I'm trying, uh, what I'm finding to be true, right? It's like whatever you're going through with COVID, it seems like there's a lot of bad, but there's also been some silver linings to it. So hopefully you're able to recognize your silver linings. I totally get if you can't, it's hard to do sometimes, but uh, I've been, I've seen some things I'm grateful for over the last year. We'll take a break. More on the mom show. Hey, coming up this show, uh, I do want to mention that we're going to be talking with a Weber State professor about this term called gender washing. They studied this concept and basically found that women or that businesses are not being as equitable to women as they profess to be. So we're going to dive into her research a little bit uh, coming up this hour on the mom show. You've joined The Mom Show. Being a mom can be tough sometimes. We try to make it easier. Here's Lindsay Ertz on KSL News Radio. Welcome back into The Mom Show today. Thank you for joining us. I am Lindsay Ertz. We're coming up on the year mark, or it's been the year mark since COVID started. It was really mid March of 2020 when uh, the world shut down. I kind of think of it as the Rudy Gobert jazz game. Uh, the NBA fell and then everything else dominoed after that uh, is when I sort of feel like COVID started, although there were cases in the U.S. and in Utah before uh, mid-March. However, I've sort of been reflecting on the last year and especially momming during a pandemic. And so I want to talk today about some of the lessons I've learned about myself and parenting and being a mother during COVID. And one of the main things I've learned... This is going to sound terrible, but it's how I feel, uh, (laughs) is that I can handle a lot more of my children than I thought I could. You know, I have never desired 100% to be a stay-at-home mom, and that is simply because I love what I do. I love my career. It has nothing to do with how much I love my children. But um, I've never really desired to stay home. And so the fact that I was sort of forced to stay home with my children 100% of the time has really shown to me that I am able to do that. Now, that does not mean I'm going to choose that once the pandemic is over. In fact, I'm, I may choose to do more working after the pandemic is over simply because I know what I want to do and some of the goals I want to achieve with my life. And that does not mean, again, that I don't love my children. So I don't think it's a bad thing that the pandemic literally forced us home and forced us to spend more time with our kids. And it made me realize that I can handle more of the crying and the whining and the screaming. Again, my kids are young. They are six and two. And so I'm in that young stage of motherhood where um, it's just constant, it's constant needs, and it's it's a hard stage with a toddler in particular. So um, I have also really learned that parents need help. Parents need help in the form of childcare. We will all be more productive workers if our needs are met at home. And sometimes I wish policy and legislation could shift that mindset and focus more on policy that makes your home life easier. Now, I know the government's not in charge of making our home life easier. They're not supposed to do that, and that's fine. But let's come up with some policy that does benefit families in particular 
so that we can be more productive workers for you and make more money for, for the state. That's what's going to happen. So maybe we could shift that mindset a little bit uh, and start from the bottom up, from our families up. And that's one of the things that happened to me during COVID. You know, we made the decision as a family that it was not safe to bring our nanny into our home every day, given what at the time we didn't know about COVID. We didn't know where our child cares, our nanny's husband was going every day. And so even though she doesn't have kids and, you know, we, we can't control where she's going every day. And so we made the decision as a family that it wasn't safe to bring her into our home every day. Now we're getting to the point where possibly we could bring her back. Cases are lower if we had her wear a mask every day in the house. But choosing not to bring childcare back has been one of the biggest, um, it's been a stress and a blessing. We saved money on childcare, don't get me wrong. But it has forced my husband and I to literally tag team our children all day every day and that can get taxing on a relationship that can get taxing on uh just your sanity we've had constant conversations about i need more of this and you need more of this and i wish i could give you this but i can't and so uh it's just been a really unique challenge but as we've decided not to bring back childcare our schedules i mean i was only work i'm only working here part time at the radio station anyways full disclosure um so i have the kids in the morning but when i do start work i cannot have the kids roaming around while I'm trying to record. I bet in this episode you've heard my kids in the background because I'm recording it from home and uh, there are children running around upstairs. This is what we're all doing in 2021. So I am no exception to how COVID has impacted me. Um, so I am with the kids in the morning because that's the way my husband and I have set up our schedules. And then my husband does the baby's nap time two days a week so I can start working earlier. And then he gets the baby up from the nap. Like we really have, we've had to communicate so much more because we've just had to tag team our kids in this way now our older one now is back in school so that's been helpful to have one person take her to school uh, but again I've been running up to school every day to pull her out for lunch because I don't feel quite comfortable with her eating in a cafeteria unmasked with a hundred other children so that's again a decision I've made but while yes these are all my choices these are choices that are are being forced upon us in the situation that we're in so i'm not complaining about these i'm simply stating we've all had to make sacrifices and make contingencies to our our normal schedules so uh, if you're in a situation where that's happening to you i totally get it but i just see the need it's like two parents we have two parents in our home and two kids and I still feel like I cannot keep up on anything. I feel like I have one foot in my work, one foot at home, one foot trying to keep a house functioning. It's a disaster most of the time. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how without a third person helping you people do it. It's like two parents aren't even enough to take care of two kids anymore. It is a lot of work. And then here in Utah, we have big families. And I know there are moms out there with more kids than I have. And they're handling it much better than I am. And that's fine. But I guess all of this just to say, we need more childcare options. We need to be able to support people. Um, 
But I get what's happened during the pandemic. It's really made it hard for people. So hopefully as we come out of this, we will have some more options for people. I know that um, the state legislature has decided to um, help people more in the state. They're basically going give to give more people, a bigger swath of people, the ability to apply for a child care subsidy. So that's good news. More people will be able to uh, get help with their child care, but that does not help a lot of people in the state. So a policy I think we still need to revisit a little bit. Okay, we'll take a break. When we come back, Wendy Foxkirk, she's a professor at Weber State University, going to talk about this concept of gender washing. If you haven't heard this term, hang on, I'll tell you what it is coming up on The Mom Show. <laughs> 